Hello everybody and welcome back to the Marketing Freaks podcast. In this week's episode, I'm joined by a very special guest, Byron Marr. I've known Byron for several years now. Uh, He's got a wealth of experience and expertise in paid media, agency side, client side, and now running his own consultancy business. So in the first of two parts, we're going to talk through how paid media has changed since he got started, some of the good changes, some of the bad changes, and generally kind of the state of where the industry is at. So really hope you find this one useful. Do make sure you subscribe and be in a good place to get the episode for uh, the second part of this mini series. And let's get started with the episode. Right, well, Byron, we've been talking about doing this for what feels like forever, so it's good to finally have you here. Thank you for coming down. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. So we're going to be talking a bit about, I guess, just like generally talking about Facebook, well, better ads, paid social, state of the industry, uh, where we think it's going, what we like, what we don't like, all of that type of stuff. Sounds good. Yeah. Perfect. Um, let's kick off a little bit, though, with your background, because we met... God, when was it? Feels like ages ago now. It, it was, was pre-COVID, wasn't it? It was PC. Probably... <laughs> let's think. 2017? Yeah. Probably? About that. Yeah. About that. So, when did you get into paid media, and how did you end up falling into this this world? Yeah, I think falling into it is the right way of describing it for myself and most people. So probably been advertising for about 10 years now. Um, Early 20s, I was kind of bouncing around different jobs, wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Um, And I've been promoting bands and stuff that I was in and friends bands with the early days of Facebook ads, which was seemed to be quite effective. Even with a low budget of like five quid a day, you could reach the right people, get results better than going and standing in the rain and flying another gig, you know, for three hours kind of thing. So um, I felt like I had a natural ability with it or a natural enjoyment from it and I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do as a job but I kind of knew the framework of what I wanted from a job so I wanted to have something that was data driven you know get, get to use my kind of analytical side of side of my brain but also do something that's creative as well at the same time um, and then also have something where I could have a bit more flexibility so work remotely travel if I wanted to um, and I just found that paid for me ticked all those boxes. So I thought, yeah, I'll double down on it. So took a second job, started doing some training courses, uh, going to networking events, and then eventually went agency side. And that was where I met your good self. So. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> it isn't, I do think, uh, well, particularly paid social has a really unique blend of creativity, uh, analytical kind of the, there's the analysis side and the data side to it. There's the technical side to it. It's quite a unique combination of mm. stuff, isn't it? Definitely. And it's 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 so different to search. Well, certainly how search was back then um, as well, because that was very much the data-heavy platform where you're just exporting stuff into spreadsheets, doing calculations for bid adjustments. Paid social was the... There's that, but then there's also all this creative and imagery and videos and you know being creative with the way that you uh, merge audiences and stack audiences together to actually target the campaign. There was a lot more involved in it i found at the time which i found yeah. really interesting and yeah. um yeah it just really appealed to me so. yeah yeah absolutely so just to clarify you're uh you work on a blend of search and social don't you yeah yeah uh, but you specialize in e-com now yeah so i've kind of taken the approach the last four or five years of just like a multi-channel approach i don't see any any division really between 
when I say search, I mean Google Ads now as a channel, yeah. um, which obviously le- uh, lines have blurred there anyway. You've got campaigns like Performance Max, which has the essentially what paid social had back then. It's now got image, keyword targeting, yeah, shopping yeah. involved in it. It's it's a blend of everything together. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm like a 50-50 multi-channel now. Don't particularly deep dive into one more than the other. Okay. Um, I kind of take the bits that work best for the client from either channel. And sometimes it's a bit more paid social there's more demand gen needed sometimes it's more google ads if it's more demand capture yep whatever's required you know to get the results really so yeah i think being able to move budgets around between platforms is so important um and particularly now like the levers you can pull on campaigns are totally different to the levers that you would pull on campaigns before and we'll get into the yeah what was it like when you started versus what is it like now thing but in, in a minute but I think budget is such a big, important control point or where you spend your budget more more importantly. So having multiple tools at your disposal is, I think, is a massively important thing. And it's, yeah. you know, right, if Facebook ads is going off the boil a bit, meta ads, I keep saying Facebook ads, I, think. <laughs> I don't like change. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've only just got over not using Ask Jeeves. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, so being able to go, right, well, look, if that's not performing quite as we need it, we've got search going, that's performing better, move the budget there or vice versa. And I think that's a really important point. Yeah, for I sure. Reckon. I think for me, it comes it comes down to like buying propensity. Um, so wherever is best to target that is the best place to to allocate the budget to yeah and you know for sure like you reach different different um challenges with different businesses but let's say that you get going with search and that campaign's working you're capturing people that are actively looking for the product or service there's a point where you've you've done that demand capture piece and it's like okay, okay what's next and then paid social supplements really well um in other cases it might be that you know facebook is the right place to start and and start there and yeah having that flexibility to be able to pick from different channels and also just to be able to go do you know what this is working really well in google ads are we using that in facebook ads if you're if you're not in control of both channels potentially from the client's perspective you're missing out on that agility and that um ability to just make quick changes and go we're seeing this work really well over here let's just get it implemented over here as well totally and there's loads of cross learnings as well aren't there and it's more exposure to more data is going to help as well um we touched on it a second ago, but thinking back to 2016, 17 kind of time versus where we are, are now, what would you say are like the biggest things that have changed? Like what's the difference in your mind? Like how would you articulate the change between that era of paid media and where we're at right now? Because it's, if you look at it in, through a particular lens, it's just entirely entirely different yeah yeah so the way i'd the way that i would articulate it is i'd say it's got simpler and more complex at the same time so it's the changes that you make on a day-to-day basis there's less of them required the campaigns are less tactical yeah um there's broadly speaking there's less to do just to be visible so let's just rewind to like 2016 2017 every day in like a google ads campaign you'd be looking at keyword bids search terms bid adjustments on a multitude of different factors yeah every single day and all of that was to compete just to be visible in the auction not to be competitive and to get sales and revenue and all that kind of stuff as well um that stuff has gone to machine learning and automation 
So now where you need to compete is the broader business stuff. It's proposition on the website, pricing, margins, um, creative. It's all those different, yep. those different broader business elements, which are simpler to, to some extent, because you're not exporting like a thousand keywords worth of bids into a sheet and then trying to do adjustments and then re-import stuff. Like, so it's less complex from that side of things, but it's more complex because they're, they're harder problems to solve to some degree. Definitely. It's also an entirely different mindset. Mm. You know, it's less black and white and you have to think about the bigger business cycle, right? What, what creator is going to really hook my customer in? What do they really need to know? What do they need to see on the landing page? What, yeah, are my margins competitive enough to get a profitable CPA on them? Like, can it, can it even work at all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, and they are complex problems to solve, but... Yeah, the day-to-day has changed a lot. You know, I mean, like campaign types as well, like paid social, then everything would be segmented as much as possible because that was the way that you got the best performance. You'd go, yeah. we'll have multiple campaigns, multiple ad sets, as every image, every piece of copy is separate. And then you're looking for the, you know, the, the best performers, worst performers to double down on and, and cut. And now it's like, again, machine learning's taken over that with dynamic creative. And it's like, that part can be automated. So now the bigger factor now is like, what's happening after the click? what inputs are you putting into the campaign to enable it to be able to perform in the first place, which I find personally, I find more interesting. hundred percent agree with that. It is, it is definitely a more complete task, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, you think back to like, you wind the clock back and remember like stacking audiences in Facebook ads where you'd be like, right, I want to target people who live in these four postcodes drive BMWs, um, <laughs> like these hobbies, shop in these shops, read these magazines, and are aged between this and this. And that would work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thought of doing that now is just, it just wouldn't wouldn't go anywhere, would it? No, no, it's like far too restrictive. And um, I'm sure you've seen the same thing yourself, but providing that conversion data is coming back into the campaign in either platform, generally what tends to work is broader audiences and broader targeting. Yeah. You know, and the conversion data is the magnet that finds within the audience those yep. that have buying propensity. So having such such restrictive targeting now is a problem because you're you're starting off with a pool of users that's only this big and then the conversion optimization is looking within that pool for like, you know, one occurrence perhaps of a sale and it's just yeah, yeah. it's just far too restrictive. So Yeah, definitely. I think that point on data as well is the task now is almost so where the task used to be like you say, export the keywords, look at the bids, make sure you're being competitive, re-import them, you know, all of that really mechanical stuff that is now, in theory, taken care of with automation. The job now, I think, is about data management. So do you have the right data being fed back in to feed this beast of automation? Uh, Is it accurate? Is it the right data? Um, is it going in um, in, in an updated, um, quick enough manner? Um, is the pixel implemented correctly? Is that passing the right information? Are the shopping feeds correct? Have you optimized the shopping feeds as best you can? That's a big part of the job now, isn't it? It's about how do I influence the automation to get the best results rather than how do I conflict against it and still hold on to some degree of manual work yeah i think yeah yeah so i'd say it's um this seems to have like these these types of just like these types of topics seems to have 
come to a little bit of a close from what I've seen um, in the space now. But um, there was a lot of talk for a number of years about about control, about you know the need for control, the need for control over automation control. But in reality, it's kind of it's it's like perceived control. It's not actual control because if you're feeding in the right data into the campaign and machine learning is opt optimizing towards the right goal and essentially like you're pointing the ship in the right direction. If you're yeah. doing that, the output should follow. And if the outputs are following, this, what need for control and visibility do you need? Like you're setting a target and you're achieving the target and that is your measurement and that is your control. Is it, you know, you can yeah. look at it from that perspective anyway. That's the way I try to look at it. So. Yeah, I, think so. I, th I do think so. Do you think there are though circumstances where a more manual approach is still valid? So lower volume, higher value, uh, like we, I guess we're a bit different, so we do work with quite a lot of B2B clients. Uh, often the search volume's very low, mm -hmm. um, the CPCs are very high, the, um, the amount, and, and therefore, because the volume's a lot lower, the data that you get to feed back in is much smaller. Therefore, there's less, inherently, there's less to feed the, uh, the automation mm -hmm. cycle, right? In those cases, sometimes I think there's still a valid case for at least testing a manual approach. Mm. Um, and that is not a uh, anti-automation thing at all or anything like that. But do you think, in your experience, uh, I guess different kind of with e-com, isn't it? But in your experience, are there still cases for a manual approach? Yeah, possibly. I mean, you have to do what works right. And if it's not working and you try something else and it does, then ultimately that's the that's the goal. I think what I would try and look at in those instances is I would look at, you know, let's say it's a high ticket item um, or, or it's lead gen, for example, where you, where, yeah. you know, where there's a, a period and a process that needs to happen after the lead before the sale is closed, et cetera, um, is, is you would look at what different data point could you push in to essentially achieve the same thing. So if you've got like a high ticket item in e-com rather than optimizing for purchase where you might have a long um, consideration period between the first site visit and then the sale occurring where then you're not getting enough sales, as you say, to come back in to get out of learning phase, yep. that's where you would start to potentially try and optimize for like a, like a previous action in the customer journey. So an out to cart or... Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you would like still report and measure success based on the sales, but from a machine learning point of view, you might want to optimize for add to cart, checkout started, something like that, where you would, where I would stop with that is I would then stop obviously like something like a product page view because that's too early into the customer journey. Yeah. And there's not enough degree of intent to buy there for that to be a goal. But essentially like you're still measuring on revenue, sales, profitability, but you're just giving the campaign something that's, you know, if that add to cart occurs a hundred times more frequently than, than the purchase does, then you can again, help the system to achieve the same goal without needing to go to the manual approach. Yep. We also see, conf I guess, like conflicting results against best practice. Mm. So um, quite often, again, with B2B versus, e I think it's sort of things more prevalent with B2B, but you'll be running a campaign where the conversion volume is far lower than the recommended amount, but automated bidding still works, like it still works better. Mm-hmm. And then in other times, manual works better. And I do think there is a still a big thing about, this is where like, I think the big difference is yeah. in, um, let's say the last six years, is that the expertise needed to judge the best approach and test the best approach is you, you really need a deep understanding of how these campaign types 
how the automation works, all that type of stuff is that is so much more needed now, I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's um, you need somebody now who understands both approaches who can then strategically decide the right approach to use in that, in that given instance, because, yeah. you know, it's not as simple as just going. So back seven years ago, the approach that worked was pretty much the approach that worked. And it was kind of like, there was our way of yeah, doing it things. And it was, and that white, was it. Wasn't it? Do this. Yeah. Whereas now, like in those nuanced um, instances, like you've mentioned, um, you might say, okay, like we do need to do a manual approach here. Cause this a quirk has happened that, you know, the normal way of doing things that generally works in most cases isn't working the person that's able to make that decision and to implement that is someone that has experienced the manual way of doing things and also the automated way of doing things as well. And that's a yeah. more, that's a more strategic individual that can look at it and go in this one instance only, I'm going to change what is considered best practice because it's what's going to get the best performance. That's not the same as someone who's just implementing process as it would have been seven years ago of like, look at the search terms, export the bids, do the things. That's a different type of individual as well. So yeah. there's a e even more complex challenge there in terms of resource as well. Oh, big extent. time. Yeah, it's a so, different, well, it's a different job, isn't it? Yeah. It's a different job. Do you miss anything about those? We're going to call them, I was going to call them the old days. The good old days. like five <laughs> years ago. Uh, do you miss anything about so that way of managing things, that way of managing campaigns, that way of kind of working in paid media? Not a huge amount, personally. Um, I think I came into it at the time where <coughs> paid social was booming, automation and machine learning was just starting to come into Google Ads. And I was kind of, because I was trying to sort of build my career and my expertise, I saw that change as a, as a way of the playing field being leveled. And for me to be able to go, okay. if all this change is coming in, I want to adopt on that stuff because that's going to reset the best way of doing things, which actually is someone who's newer into the industry is quite helpful. Yep. Um, the only things that I do miss, I do miss the general enthusiasm around paid social in particular. It was so, there was a period of time where everyone was just, everywhere was just like electric about Facebook ads and yeah. you know, like conferences that you and I have both spoken at. There's rooms filled, like even the walkways are filled with people just, just desperate to hear anything about Facebook ads and stuff. Yeah. I sort of miss the... Um, excitement and enthusiasm around it because it was new and exciting um but in terms of ways of doing things like i'd say like net outputs are on performance are much higher now when campaigns are set up in the correct manner um yeah. and, and i prefer how, how how everything's moved to a more commercial focused standpoint everything is much more now even with lead gen is more about outputs and the you know channels trying to get you to think about close one deals revenue profitability yeah, yeah. Big as, time. A, as opposed to just impressions clicks and you know yeah that sort of thing so yeah it I, th I was, as we were kind of preparing for this, I mean, I do, I kind of miss the simplicity of it. And I did quite, I did quite enjoy that manual going through, looking at keywords, rooting out things that are working, stripping out stuff that's not like, uh, that I think is, well, and it, <laughs> not everyone's going to look at that and go, oh, that was fun. <laughs> but it was a little bit enjoyable, I think. There was like a, a thing with that. But it was the work was a lot more manual, wasn't it? Yeah. And, uh, I think there's something in that. Some of that was just a pain. I think there's something in that mindset and that approach, which is useful because you're, you're looking into everything with granularity and you're starting from, did we get sales? What keyword was it? What ad set was it? What piece of copy was it? That mindset and that troubleshooting way of looking at things is really helpful. So that is something I think that we've probably learned from that era and we brought forwards, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, definitely. You know, Think the thing that worries me a little bit about kind of where things are now versus where they were is that lack of detail in what's 
or the, the yeah the the lack of detail in what's running sometimes or mm. people coming in and assuming because a lot of the the I guess like the marketing around these types of campaigns are it's easy set it up give us your money tell us what you want and just let it run and we'll take care of the whole thing and it's not that at all that like you still need that mentality of why is this working why isn't this working what can we do more of like what the curiosity is still really important and mm. I think my worry is that people will just set them up and run them and forget about it and assume that it's going to be all right and not kind of go into that detail so much yeah for sure and i think there's something in that as well like um in the way you just described it is even when so let's say that you make an account now in the the modern way should we call it um <laughs> um you know a performance max campaign smart bidding automation whatever channel it is that you want to use as your example but let's say that you've made that campaign and it's working really really well the results are one part of the value and obviously it's a core part of the value that's what the client wants that's what the business is trying to achieve however it's going to be difficult to then go to that business and go this is why it's working when it's working and this is why it's not working when it's not working yeah. so yeah like i share in your i guess concern about that to some extent because the real value there for the business like the results will be the results if the campaign's generating revenue then great it's generating revenue but the more important thing from my experience anyway with working with clients is that them understanding why it's working so that they can take that into the broader business outside of paid is 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 value in itself and if you can't provide that because you're not able to diagnose why it's working so well and what in particular is working about it yeah then you're missing a huge part of the consultancy element which now is a huge part of our value if that makes sense yeah big time like the answer to that question being is working because it's working isn't good enough yeah you know you need to me and you, we need to know how to scale stuff. So you need to know what's working so you can do more of that and less of what's not. Um, but yeah, the, on the surface level, it's kind of, well, we're putting this in and we're getting this out. And then you still need more than that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And you, again, from the client's perspective, there's there's so much value in that out, outside of paid. Like if you can say, right, search is working really well. It's these keywords, these products, this piece of creative, this copy, this message you know, this is what's working about that campaign. Well, then they can take that into their email marketing. They can take that into their organic social. They can take that into their website proposition. They can take that into, you know, SEO. They can take it into new markets, new yeah, products. Yeah. And, it, and it's like, all of a sudden it becomes this amazing, exciting thing that not to underplay it, but the profitable sales from the campaign is, is almost like the, oh, well, that's great. But look at all this over here. Because when we understand that, we can then replicate it in different countries, different Absolutely. products, different channels. So it's, for me, that's the, that's the new excitement that I get out of it is the, yeah, it's the insight finding really that's a great way of looking at it because there's so much more to it isn't there so much more to it like testing ideas validating set up a landing page template right let's run some paid media to it and validate whether or not this is going to work better you know yeah does this message convert more users than the current website message yeah because if the answer is yes that's incredibly useful because maybe that needs to come over to the broader yeah. website which benefits all channels yeah, if yeah. the answer is no well that's still a useful test yeah because then you know not to do that in the future and change it so it's you yeah know, there's... all the demographics that are actually buying the demographics that we think are going to buy all of that stuff all that other locations the locations that we thought would be the most popular or not and there's so much business intelligence that can come from a good paid media campaign that, yeah. yeah you're spot on like it's yeah there's loads of pluses and it's not just about the sale is it no and that's and that's where you'd have the time to spend the time now because 
you're not having to export every keyword bid into Google Sheets every morning and change all that stuff. Now it's you can true. focus on that on that think. bigger picture stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's much more um, strategic than tactical. Definitely. Well, that's I think a really good point to end part one on. Part <laughs> two, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about uh, just like the current state of paid media, where it's going where people are getting stuck and your kind of advice for people running paid media at the moment. So we'll talk about those topics we think would be great. So thank you everyone for listening to part one. Make sure you subscribe and come back for part two next week. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please do come and subscribe. Join us for future episodes where we talk about the ins and outs of running paid media and driving improved conversions and revenue for your business. See you next time.